Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the You Haven't Heard This Productions and Publications Network. For more great shows and blogs and vlogs, please visit www.yhhtmpc.com. Welcome to YHHTMPC. Wait, 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 wait. What does that mean exactly? Oh, yeah. You haven't heard This Music Podcast, a show about introducing lesser-known music of lesser-known artists from all over the world. And now, without further ado, a one, a two, a one, two, three, four... Welcome to You Haven't Heard, this music podcast, a podcast about listener music by listener and artists that we believe are as good, if not most of the time, better than that in the goddamn mainstream. This is a podcast, like I say, about music. It's, we've got different sections. It's a magazine-style show. We'll have a head-to-head where we bring some music that's been sent to us through the, through the ether, through the email, some of our favourite music of the week. We also have a wildcard section where we'll select a random song from the emails it could be good it could be amazing it could be absolute horse shit um last time it was horse shit but less said about that the better we also have the intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode go in the intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode go this week we have been uh, challenged with the genre southern soul so Wayne and myself have gone away and uh, had a look for some Southern Soul. Maybe put a few things together. It's a bit of it's a bit of a surprise of a section, and uh, we'll we'll see what's happened. And what else have we got after that? We've got the we've got the history section where Wayne brings a bit of interesting information about a bit of music from the past that's iconic and uh, paved paved the way for I don't know maybe genres and other such stuff. Always interesting, though. Always interesting. And then we'll have the artist spotlight where we'll talk to our guest all about them and what they do, what they're up to, and all that good shit. So, each week with me, I have with me, joining me, to talk to me, with me, have banter and all that good stuff. I have Wayne. Hello, Wayne. Hello, everybody. How's it going? 
good. A bit flustered. A bit flustered. It's, it's, uh, it's not been a good start, but you know, so, so I've, I've found in the past that when we have an absolutely terrible start, they're usually the best episodes. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hope that that happens. Uh, also joining with joining with me, joining me from over in Brighton, we have Mike. Mike Five. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I trust you are well. Yeah, I'm really good. I've had a, a, a busy but good overall week, so I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good, sexy. Good, good, awesome, awesome. And with us, we have our a member of the. I'd say is 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 part of our. Um, what, our, uh, when I say it now, it sounds really sad and pathetic. <laughs> but when I typed it at the time, I thought this sounds really fucking cool. But it's part of our secret society and guild of musicians, creators, and artists. <laughs> and uh, it sounds really fucking pathetic now. But yeah, and he, he does the blog. He, he does the blo- He does blogs. Uh, it's called the Abominations blog. And uh, yeah, we uh, kind of help him promote that because it's an amazing blog. H- hello. Mark, how are you? Hello, I am great. How are you guys? We are all good, thank you very much. It's uh, glad to have you here with us this evening or this afternoon where you are, do you believe? Yes, yes it is, the afternoon. Good, good, good. So, yeah. Um, oh, uh, also joining us, we have Austin. Yay! Austin's joining us this week, our, our podcast AI. Hello, Austin, how are you? <laughs> Not too bad, thanks. I had a right fucking nightmare getting here tonight. Got lost for your fucking VPN and had to work my way out of some pedophile's fucking hard drive. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Austin. Damn me. Wow. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Oh. Sorry about that, Austin. I'm just, it's nice to have you with us anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Um, no. on, no. Oh, God. Okay, sure. He's had to mute himself. Right, so we're going to get on with the show. We're going to move on to our first section, which is the head to head. So yes, as I stated earlier, the head-to-head is where Mike and myself and Wayne we bring a piece of music that has been sent to us through the submissions. And yeah, we go head-to-head and uh, at the end of it, Mark will decide which was his favourite. And this week, Wayne, you can go first. (laughs) (laughs) It was the fact you said I've had a fucking nightmare again here. Just push me over the edge. (laughs) 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 Uh, right, okay. Um, right, let me compose myself for a second. There are no passengers on Spaceship Earth. That we are, we are all crew. This is the Keplerians with Spaceship Earth. Enjoy. There are no passengers on Spaceship Earth. We are all crew. We are all crew. There are no passengers on Spaceship Earth. We are all crew. We are all crew. There are no passengers on Spaceship Earth. We are all crew. We are all crew. There are no passengers on Spaceship Earth. We are all crew. We are all crew. 
Uh, so that was the Keplerians with their song Spaceship Earth. I'll read you a bit from their bio. It says the Keplerians are an electronic music duo from the planet Kepler minus 452b, currently discovering, discovering planet Earth. Spreading awareness about the need to preserve and conserve planet Earth, reminding Earthlings that they have a beautiful, unique and epic home that needs to be loved and cherished. And while we do this, why not also make them dance? In fact, the Keplerians are a Lisbon-based electronic uh, duo. They're, he says they are a sonic feel-good trip uh, with Daft, Daft Punk-esque groove. And this is from their three-track EP, which is also called Spaceship Earth. Um, obviously, we've got Austin's brother uh, doing the, the vocal over the top of this, doing the uh, <laughs> There Are No Passengers Spaceship Earth. Uh, the intro is taken from a quote uh, from Canadian philosopher called Marshall Mc, McLuhan. Uh, couldn't find out where he said this, but I know that he said this in 1969, which was obviously the f- same year as the Apollo 11 moon landings. Their other stuff is quite Europoppy, and it's all really fun. And they sort of peddle this universal message about, you know, looking after the Earth, which is a message I think we should all take uh, heed in. And look, this just grabbed my attention, this. And I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the grooves. It's a little bit different, you know. I like people who take on a bit of a persona when they do their music. And it's, you know, full of synth. And I'm all about the synth at the moment. So it's just one of them. I just heard it. It's a bit different. I really quite liked it. That's, that's pretty much it. And we'll start with Mark. What do you think of this, Mark? Very cool. I agree with you about the grooves. Very, uh, I like the, um, uh, I don't know, almost like a disco sound to it. I do yes. like the message. Very important. Uh, I'm told we only have one planet, uh, but the complaint, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe they'll let us go to their planet, you know, and then uh, when we shoot this one to shit, uh, which, which we're well into doing. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty cool song. Richie? Um, it feels about 25 years old. But that's not a bad thing from uh, that. That that was my era of dance music. It's got a feeling of like Moby. It's not just straight dance. It's, it's kind. Of, it feels a bit experimental. Um, I, I, I like this. I like this a lot. Like most of the music that I prefer, um, it, it gives me a nostalgic feeling. But yeah, I like this a lot. Very good. Mikey Five. Yeah, I, I mean, wow. So first of all, I couldn't stop dancing. It reminded me of a club I used to go to in about. 2005 or 6 I think it was um, which was the only club on the seafront that was open to about 6am and it was just all night with stuff like this but each track would last about 20 minutes while the DJ just like fucked around and put other stuff in and uh, we'd all get absolutely level and have a good time um, so it brought me back right there um, which is brilliant uh, and obviously I didn't know until these and afterwards about the sort of message behind it and everything else and uh, as Mark rightly pointed out um we seem to be doing a good job of fucking shit up so uh, it's good to do to, to try and sort of um get that message out as many ways and in as uh, as many times and in as many ways as we can um i'm not sure they'd let us go to their planet based on what we've done to this one but um you know there's always hope but yeah i, I really like oh, hang on, hang on. i've just had a message from the keplerians they said um fuck off you ain't coming here we've seen what you've done <laughs> yeah. <before> we get. <laughs> 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 they just messaged me a little while ago when Austin can come but you lot can fuck off so I don't know what that's supposed to be <laughs> uh, but yeah no top class really banging Gene I really enjoyed that excellent if uh, you want to find out more of the Keplerians and their stuff just have a look on Spotify or follow the links in the show notes and we'll move on um, do you have anything to add on this one Austin did you like this at all 
It was okay, I guess. I liked the bit at the end when it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a critic, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, moving on. Uh, Mike Five. Well, what have you? What have you got for us? Yeah. Sure. So um, my selection for this week is by a band called Kramer. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation because it's in Welsh, but I believe it's called Karu Kifaru. with, I'm going to try and say it, Gadi Kafira, I think is what they're saying, um, which means love drugs in Welsh, because I looked it up the other night and we played it on New Music Saturday. Um, so, Cromer, a Welsh band from the Valleys. This is part of a double A um, that was recorded live to capture the versatile and energetic sound of the Valleys trio. The song is a song about being a naughty teenager in the Valleys, experimenting with drugs and sex, because there's not much else to do. I think there needs to be more stuff going on so young people don't feel isolated. We want to write Welsh, wanted to write Welsh language punk song that reflects young people's lived experience today, says Katie Hall, who I think is the band's singer. I really like it because it's garage rock, punk rock, in your face, energetic, and basically it just sounds like they're having fun. And if a band sounds 
sounds like they're having fun, I'm probably going to have fun listening to it. Uh, and I did the first time I heard it. I absolutely bloody loved it. So I thought, <laughs> let's, uh, let's keep playing it. I think they're top quality. I don't know much else about the band or anything like that. But like I say, it's part of a double A side. The other track's pretty good as well. But this one was my favourite. So I chose this one. Uh, and it's definitely worth checking out. It comes out on... Uh, I had it in front of me, I think it's not out yet, I think it comes out, oh yeah, here you go, 24th of June, so depending on when this is released, it may or may not be out or about to come out, um, so you'll be able to find it everywhere there, but yeah, Garage Rock Alternative from somewhere in the valleys in Wales, Pontypridd they're from, and the band is called Chroma, love it. Uh, Wayne, what did you think? Oh, mate. I've just I've just returned the compliment you paid me on Twitter with this. It's fantastic. It is. Um, it's got that it's, you know it's got that lovely '90s alternative indie feel to it, but not the sort of commercially indie feel, the sort of underbelly of it. Uh, she's uh, what you say her name was Katie. Yes. Katie's got this fantastic sort of Louise Wiener-ness from, um, that sounds weird, Wiener-ness, but the <laughs> Louise, uh, Louise Wiener feel from Sleeper. She's got that sort of same sort of uniqueness. I mean, the recording captures the rawness of, of how they sound. It's, some me- it's no mean feat doing that, but it's, it's sort of got that live feeling to it. You know, it's almost like, and the energy that it comes with, it's really done really well. And of course, it's Mikey it's Mike Five, so he's got our fuzz, and he's got all the fuzz, this, those guitars are nothing but fuzz that's all they are uh, some great stops as well some great you know slamming toms in there to give you a bit of a bit of sort of jagged edges yeah loved it really really good song cool uh, Mark what did you think I loved it uh, I mean I'll tell you Welsh bands uh, they must they just love to make noise in Wales like I have, there are so many of these garage bands I love like uh, I don't know if you guys know La La Let's uh, These Thrilling Lies The yeah. Finds like Oh my god, all that fuzz tone, it's amazing and, and and this band just just right right in there with that same vibe, which which I just love. I love that garage band sound, uh, the garage rock sound. It, it it reminds me a little bit of Elastica as well. Yes. I feel like there's some some vibe there which which that energy is amazing. And I agree about the uh, hearing hearing songs in another language, uh, but I, I I'm glad that you translated it for me because sometimes you're like, ah, yeah, that sounds great. Then you find out, what's this song about? It's about white power. You're like, oh, fuck, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's called Love Drugs, right? And the description sort of tells you it's about loving drugs. But when I first looked that up, I thought it was about love drugs, as in, you know, drugs that make you love. <laughs> so, could have, well, could have different meanings, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, uh, I have a new track called Viagra that you guys are going to love. <laughs> I just called One Little Blue Pill, but yeah. <laughs> cool, man. And Richie. Uh, yeah, Ponky's very hit or, hit or miss for me. It's not that it has to be good, it just has to be done in a certain way that resonates with me. This completely hit. This was, a home, this was a fucking home run. This was, yeah, I just loved it. I know how you, sound, you say it sounds garage band and live, but there's also an ele- there is an element of production in there mm. that you don't get from just a, a straight garage band recording. And that's not bad. It's it, it, it still got the same grit and grime, but there's, there's a sheen on there. But it's not it's not a polish. It's not like a polish that makes it shiny. It's it's still keeping the it's hard for me to explain. I think you understand what I'm saying. It's still got that same grip, but it's still got a bit of production in there as well. That just gives it that 
extra level but it's not too much it's just nice it's just perfect and female vocals in punk i struggle with because that they do all sound the same usually apart from a few like brutus absolutely smashes i fucking love brutus uh, sonic boom 6 this yeah i love this a lot really good i'm trying to find out if austin likes it austin <laughs> Do you like this, Austin? Sifariel is a lot like the sound I make when I sneeze. I kind of reminds me of a song from back in the day that I don't remember because I didn't exist. <laughs> wow. Oh. It's so insightful. Thanks. So yeah, I'll, I'll um, move swiftly on to my song then. I'm bringing a song that was sent to us today. Um, yeah. I don't usually get submissions on a Sunday and uh, it's by a girl from New Hampshire in the, the US of the A's called Jackie Thurin. Thurin? Thurin? I'm going to go with Thurin. Thurin. Jackie Thurin and the song is called April. a picture and I think of you I paint your records while it hangs in your room And it's crazy how it's different being then now Used to feel out of place, I fit right in your arms now You pick me up on Friday So my head doesn't sit right It's wild how fast time has gone by Feels like April was yesterday in my mind The red stoplights lose their glow When you take the short way home And the orange skies up north Could only harm you for so long Freshman year in the green grass that our old school's name in the blue that I only feel when you're not here. But I can never get over the shades of you. You know, I never want to. single person I So comfortable within silence you'd steal The way your voice cuts through me like a knife Feels like April was yesterday in my mind The red stoplights lose their glow when you take the short way home up north could only harm me for so long The yellow that was freshman year And the green grass that our old school's name And the blue that I only feel when you're not here But I can never get over the shades 
time that you touch me in the yellow of the bus where we met Your backyard where you kissed me first The three little words that came in a blurb And the blue I only feel when you're not here In a world full of plastic They're a trend but we're a classic as they all go in and out of style I'll wear you again You know I'll always want to I only want you Every shade of you Of a change of tempo there from Jackie Thurin Thurin uh, with her song April. I love that a lot. What does the email say? What what what, what does the bio and everything say about Jackie Thurin? Well, that's why I have my assistant with me now because I don't have to <laughs> fucking read anymore. <laughs> fucking hate reading. So uh, Austin, what 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 what, do, what does Jackie Thurin say? My name is Jackie Therian, and I'm an 18-year-old indie folk-slash-pop-slash-alternative singer, songwriter, musician, and producer from the town of Merrimack, New Hampshire. I started writing instrumental music at the age of 13. By the age of 14, I began incorporating lyrics into my songs. I currently write, record, and produce all of my own music. I play piano, guitar, ukulele, mandolin, and clarinet. In November of 2019, I released my first album, Love Letters, along with the lead single Get My Attention. Get My Attention now has over 40 streams in over 65 different countries. In August of 2020, I released my second album, Dreaming, along with two singles from the album, Beautiful Boy and Stay. Stay has now become my most popular song with over 17,000 streams. Unlike Love Letters, Dreaming is completely self-produced. A few weeks after Love Letters' release, I was given recording equipment for my 16th birthday. I started messing around with it, figuring things out myself. Since Dreaming, I've released three singles, No Parties, 2020, April 2021, <laughs> and my most recent, I Tried Too Hard, 2021, and Storm in a Teacup, released January 14th of 2022. I just released my first EP on March 4th of this year. It consists of seven songs, all written, recorded, produced, and performed by me. Within less than 24 hours, it had already hit 11,000 streams on Spotify, making it my best release day yet. Starting this fall, I will be in Nashville studying soul writing at Belmont University. You can buy slash stream all of my music on all platforms. Wow. i got to say, for Austin, he's got more staying power than me. I ought to get up after the first two sentences. So, hats off to Austin there. By the, by the, sorry, by the way, Austin, did, did you, what did you think of that song? Fucking beautiful, mate. <laughs> awesome. I think that every band, right, should get Austin to read their bio before they send it to anyone, because then they would know 
like you know if, if you stay with it you go oh, that was pretty good but if you sort of fall asleep halfway through you go maybe i'll rewrite a bit of that like if i hear the word release <laughs> one more time i'm gonna cry <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> uh, but yes um wow that's the first time i think we've ever got all the way through a bio thank you austin um <clears throat> I absolutely like it like Austin said it was fucking beautiful mate um, love that a lot it's, it's just such a beautiful song. that was an acoustic version I think she's done a, a more produced version because uh, it states somewhere that that's just the acoustic version so but yeah that I, I, I wanted to play that because it's just fucking lovely really liked it love the vocals oh god something else but yeah just today it was I had a bit of a fucking rough day, lot, well, rough week, lots going on. Just you know, just to be able to chill back, sit down, chill, chill out to that. Just lovely, beautiful, Wayne. Oh, mate, eighteen. This girl is fucking eighteen. It's just ridiculous. You're still there for it till you fell off a cliff. Yes, we're still there. No, yeah, like you said, it's just beautiful. I, I mean, the minute she started, I was like, I'm in. I'm, I'm all in. You can have all my money. Sorted. Uh, it's got indie movie soundtrack written all over it. This she's 18. Just remind, just remind yourselves of that when I say this. There's longing in her voice that that people three times her age haven't mastered. You know, I believed every single word she sold. She sold me the the entire thing when she said she'd never never get over this chap. I fucking believed it. I believe this chap's going to be in her blood the rest of her life. You know, I mean, three chords and the truth. It's great for a reason, and this is great. That's all I've got to say. Brilliant, brilliant track. Lovely. Mark? Yeah, very nice. Uh, I'm thinking kind of a Zoe Deschanel, she and him kind of vibe a little bit. Uh, that that airy, uh, that airy voice is kind of haunting. Mm. I like that. And I also, I agree with the point about, uh, wow, it's wow, 18. Because I in my mind, I was like, ah, oh, I'm thinking... 23, 24, got out of college, is kind of looking back with a little bit of a bittersweet memory of, of those college days, but we're not even at that point in life yet. What What is she going to be doing when she's that age? You know, what is she going to be doing? She's like... She's got antidepressants and all manner of shit. LSD. <laughs> she'll, she'll be an investment banker. Yeah, I agree. Mike, did you like this? Yeah, I did. It's a really, really beautiful song. I, I particularly like the fact that she, when she was 13, she started writing songs. When she was 14, she started writing words because that little bit of experience makes all the difference, uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, I, 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 whenever I hear a young artist um doing something amazing it does does bring me back to when i was 18 i think god i wrote a load of shite when i was that age so it's, it's quite amazing when people can do this um it is absolutely beautiful and brilliant do you almost want to say so look it's all right wait till you're 22 and you'll, you'll be over it don't worry about it but you know you, you've got to go for it yeah but it's, it's a great tune uh, beautifully executed um i love the fact that she plays so many instruments um i bought a personal note wouldn't use the word release so much in her bio but that's just a small thing for me and it's only really because i heard austin read it but um but otherwise very very good yeah loved it you know at least she didn't say dropped oh yeah no i do like that yeah i I dropped another one i dropped i'm gonna drop a song next week and uh yeah, it's sort of disrespectful. People say, "Isn't it?" It's like I spent two years making this, and I just dropped it. Yeah. 
It's like, what else did you ah, drop the deuce and uh... <laughs> oh, you can come back, my, uh, Mark. You you fit right in. <laughs> right. So yeah, that was the head-to-head three songs done. Mark, which one was your favourite? I am going to go with. Uh, was it Kramer? Kadi? Was it Kafira? Kramer. How do you say it? Kramer. The sneeze. Kramer. Kramer, I don't know how you. I can't. I, I can no longer remember how to say the song name. But um, I think okay. Austin actually pronounced it properly. Did he? It sounded like it. What did he say? Can you do I, it I can't remember. I did, <laughs> no. I'm gonna go. I like that one. It had the the strong punk vibe. It had the energy. I mean, it's just it it did have that. And I agreed with that point. Uh, I think was it Richie saying that? Um, the thing about it's it's garagey without being. T- too overly rough you know i feel like yeah. the, I, I love those guitar tones they're right there they have that mid-range glow that uh gives it that little bit of edge without going uh kind of too tinny and over the top and and um kind of going all over the place with echo and stuff that that some less polished garagey stuff has yeah. Do you know what it is i think in the day when you go back to like original punk they didn't really give a shit about the music so much. It was all about the message and a way of getting the message across in a in a in a way that was was new and um, and fitting to to the, to the message. And that, whereas these guys, them keeping that lot alive, but them also they they do also give a shit about the music, and that so so they'll go that extra mile to put a little bit of a sheen on it as and when it's needed. It's also easier now too. I mean, like as far as technology goes, it's like, ah, oh, okay, good. I have, uh, I have a laptop. I can do this. You mean I don't have to slash my amp to get the distortion? I didn't, didn't realise that. <laughs> yeah, we got a plug-in for that now. Oh goddamn yeah. it! I've ruined a very expensive amp here. <laughs> to produce the sound they produced in the seventies, it would have probably cost them six months' wages. Yeah, yeah that's true. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's um, Gadu Kafilu. Gadu, Gadu. Okay, I'm going to leave that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, anyway, it doesn't matter what it's called. The most important thing is that I won. So, that's <laughs> yeah, lovely. So, with that all over and nipped in the bud, we're going to move on to our next section, which is Wayne. It's the wild card, baby. Okay, so no fucking bad because uh, we've, we've took far too long so far. We can get straight into the wildcardies. I'm going to go through the emails. I'm on them. I'm going to flick through them quickly. And then at some point, any time after right now, Mark is going to shout stop and we're going to choose the band that I land on. So any time now, Mark. All right, and in. stop. Okay, so. Has he chose Jackie Thurin again? <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Has he chose Jackie Terry? I think he's Terrian again. Uh, Terrian, I think. Be, it might be Terrian, yeah. Mm. Is that a braid of dog? Yeah. So <laughs> we've got Bingo Fighter with uh, Benzalconium Chloride. Um, and uh, actually, Austin, do you want to just fucking read that out for me, please? Hailing from Wellington, New Zealand, Harmonic Punk 4-piece Bingo Fighter return with their debut album, In the Shire. Known for their individual style and wit, Bingo Fighter put Wellington on the map last year with their debut single Kama Sutra, which saw the main riff being played on a recorder, giving it a nostalgic and quirky vibe. Given how Bingo Fighter so easily put the fun into modern punk, 
we're absolutely looking forward to how well received this album should be. <laughs> he's, so, he's, so, <laughs> he's so proud and bold and out, uh, forthright with his, with his speaking that even when he s- says something wrong, you still believe him. Yeah. I, 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 I love the idea that the recorder in, in, induces nostalgia because nothing says nostalgia <laughs> like a recorder. <laughs> it reminds me of second grade. <laughs> Maybe that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> That's what it's supposed to do, I guess. It pre- so nostalgic, you're in primary school. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's not very often you get a recorder solo in a song, is it? Uh, I mean, there was uh, Goodbye Ruby Tuesday. You know, there's some... Uh, oh, yeah. Got to go back a little oh, bit. But... Oh, Mark showing his age. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so was uh, was Wellington... It was not on the map before. And now these guys are getting it on the map, which I think is great. I mean, you can't... like. Come on, you, you got to give him props for that. When he when he said putting Wellington on the map, I thought, well, you called your album in the Shire because Lord of the Fucking Rings put <laughs> yeah, Wellington exactly. on the map. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, there's nothing like a bit of shameless self-promotion. I love it too. <laughs> oh, yeah. also, also, where are Flight of the Concords from? Pretty sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, right, <laughs> so what are you expecting to get from this, Wayne? Oh, it's punk all the way, in it? With some with some sort of uniqueness, I'm hoping for something a bit quirkier, something a bit different, but it's still going to be punk at its base. Yeah, Mike. Well, they said the first single included the recorder, but they didn't mention anything about the second one. So I sort of hope, similarly to Wayne, that it, it does go a bit like the Concords, really, and has a bit of something random in it. Um, but we shall see. But if it's punk, I'll probably love it. So, Mark, any uh, expectations? It's gonna rock. Okay, I love that. Okay, then, so yeah, this is Bingo Fighter with their song Benzalconium Chloride.
Uh, In case you're curious, I have some benzothonium chloride fun facts. Uh, (laughs) Also known known as hyamine, benzothonium chloride is a synthetic quaternary ammonium salt. This compound is an odorless white solid soluble in water. It has surfactant, antiseptic, and anti-infective properties, and it is used as a topical antimicrobial agent in first aid. So, I, I mean, I think this is a public stuff. service announcement. <laughs> Mark, Mark uh, says that like he's the first person that's discovered Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am insulted that you would suggest such a thing. This is off the top of my head. This is what you learn in third grade here in the States. I don't know what you guys are learning. Not that. I, I found the same thing on Microsoft in Carter on my CD room. <laughs> well, um, not what I was expecting. Not, not what I was hoping for. Clearly not what Austin wanted. He's, he's fucked off. <laughs> um, Wayne. Um, <clears throat> um, so, I... Um, yeah, it's, you just move on to the next round. Uh, look, look, look! It's it's rudimental. It really is rudimental. It reminds me of punk bands uh, from the Midlands from like 20, 25 years ago. Bands I used to play with on a regular basis. Because um, you know, this punk isn't just about the music; it's about the attitude. And most of the time, the attitude takes sort of centre stage. And I feel like that's what all these guys are going for. I mean, it's it's, it's perfectly finely recorded. You know, it's it's all it's why. It's what it is. I'm, I'm sure these guys put on a hell of a fucking show if you want to see them one of that much. But yeah, it's fine. And they're having a good time, which to me is like, that's what matters. It's not, obviously this isn't a band that's like, listen, here's, this is our chance to, they're, they're joking around when they say, we're going to put Wellington on the map. This is obviously like, okay, we're having fun. We're singing a song about, about benzothonium chloride. Arguably, this was a, I could imagine, like, a high school teacher, hey, write me a song for extra credit about something in chemistry class. <laughs> um, I, think some to- I think sometimes that, that's a cop out. It's like, they're having fun, they're having fun, they're having fun, I'm having fun. Jedward had fun when they did what they did, and I fucking hate Jedward. Everyone hates Jedward. Having fun is, is not an ex- excuse for bad music. I, um, I got into an argument accidentally with someone about uh, so Jedward released an album I don't know if it was last year or the year before but it wasn't that long ago um, and uh, I made a comment um, and someone said well have you actually listened to it uh, and I kind of went no alright that's fair so I spent you know an hour or whatever listening to the Jedward album and then I came back and went alright now I've listened to it and it's shit and they really <laughs> laid into me <laughs> like how can you not like it you don't like any music it's got everything in there it's got all sorts it's like it, it's kind of all the same I don't know what I, I don't know what you were listening to but it, it was shit <laughs> <laughs> I just wasted an hour of my life just to prove a point um, anyway that's not what this is about so, uh, I say I like it in the sense that it's primitive and kind of crude and unsophisticated and rough and kind of you know fun in that sense when i said earlier that if people are having a good time it makes me have a good time i do mean that and i did kind of go ah oh, you know it made me smile but not in the same way that the the track earlier from chroma did which was you know like you said rich he had a bit more sheen a bit more punishment more thought in the songwriting not just the attitude so it's it's kind of got that um punky attitude it's not really up there with you know my favorite kind of punk tunes um musically but i kind of you know 
I bet they have a good time. Yeah, I, I think I think actually, <laughs> yeah, I sounded I sounded a bit harsh when I said that. I think when you, at the end of the day, these guys know who they are. They know what they sound like. They've, they've listened to it back, of course they have, and they know they're not going to take. They know they're not going to take over the world of their music, and they're, they're not expecting to. They're not trying to. They're just enjoying playing music, and they thought yeah. we'll send our, our music around, and hopefully somebody else will enjoy it with us. So we all agree it's a future number one. No. <laughs> what, what does Austin think? <laughs> what in God's name was that piece of shit? I can't do this anymore. I'm out of here. I'll see you next time. You bunch of ball bags. <laughs> Why does he sometimes go like he's from fucking Sweden? It's weird, isn't it? I can't, I can't do this much. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. sorry, sorry to every Swedish person on the planet, but he does sound like that. It sounded like the Swedish chef in the Muppets. I heard you go, heard you go, Now that's right. Yes. <laughs> the thing is, right, in Sweden, they watch TV like, in English, right? Most of the TV in Sweden is in English. So they must have been sitting there when the Muppets came on and gone, oh, look, look, it's the Swedish chef, it's the Swedish chef. And he comes on and goes, here you go again. They must have gone, what? What's he saying? Like, what, what, what is this? <laughs> That's not, that's not Swedish. Here's a strange question for you. Is Swedish swe- a chef in Sweden just called chef? <laughs> they must be looking at it again. No, 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 it must be Norwegian. That's not Swedish. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. In the words of Austin, you ball bags. Um, <laughs> you bunch of ball bags. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna move on swiftly on to our next section, which is the intense hardcore... Genre music, oh, by the way, all of the artists that we played during the show, including um, the band we just played. Uh, Bingo Fighter. You, yeah, you can find them all in the show now, which you can go check them out, go show them some love, go, you know, because even though we don't like some music, doesn't mean you you won't. So, yeah, if you do like them, go check them out, show them. I some just love looked at a map, stuff. on, by the way, and, and Wellington's not on there yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> they failed. <laughs> A bunch of ball bags, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode, go! Intense hardcore So yeah, this uh, intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode go. Just to like saying it, we don't actually have a professional artist who's brought some music this week, and not because it wouldn't have been sent in. If I go through the emails, I could probably find some of this shit. Um, I just, <laughs> I just didn't bother, and uh, I could have put it on Twitter, and I'm sure somebody got back to me. But uh, what happened was, well, I, I, I didn't. So I've created a piece of music with some with some uh, lyrics over the top. And uh, Wayne created a piece also, and I, I wasn't sure if I was going to get Wayne's, so I, I did mine separate. So Wayne, Wayne's is probably more close to the genre than mine is. So that's why, yeah, mine's got lyrics over it, Wayne's is just the music, but Wayne's is a bit close. But we'll play them anyway. The genre this week is Southern Soul, by the way. Do, Wayne, do you want to explain what Southern Soul is? Yeah. So I've got Austin to do it, but he's fucked off. <laughs> so, so Southern Soul uh, it is exactly what it says it is a soul that comes from the Southern United States it emerged in the 1950s and features the styles of soul blues country R&B and gospel the founding fathers of this genre are people like Otis Redding James Brown 
uh, Eddie Floyd and Lee Dorsey. Uh, the southern states it comes from is like Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, those sort of places. And Stax Records are were the most influential record label behind this. So Motown as in uh, Detroit. Stax Records would be like Southern Soul and Memphis Soul if you wanted that sort of stuff. So yeah, they're the sort of key players. And it is what it says it is. It's, it's soul music with the sort of southerny twist. Yeah, there's a. I, I listened to a whole playlist of this, and I fucking loved it. Uh, I mean. Yeah, yeah couldn't, couldn't couldn't get enough of it. Uh, some of the some of the artists that you might recognise would be like, say, Ray Charles. He, he did some of this. I think uh, James Brown probably did some of this. Yeah, there's a few famous artists that did. This I think sort probably of music. probably one of the most. Um, Recognisable Southern Soul tracks is Percy Sledge's When a Man Loves a Woman. That's probably the most recognisable out of this. For me, it would be Ray Charles's, uh, oh, fucking hell, what's it called? When in the morning, when I'm in need. What's that one? Um, I've got so, a woman. I've got a woman. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking love that one. Yeah. Oh, you mean Kanye? Yeah, yeah. No, no, Mike. Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, so Mike, I'm going to leave it up to you. Do you want me to play Wayne's first, or do you want me to play mine first? So, sorry, which one has the vocals? Mine, of course. I'm going to go your one first this time. Okay, so let me just uh, sort that out. I'm excited about this, by the way. I want to point out to the listeners, if we've got any new listeners, we don't we don't do this because we're professional musicians. We do this just to demonstrate uh, the, the the style of the genre. It's now become a feature, to be fair, though. I mean, it's it really now is. Thing. We do the, we, we do this in about an hour, just to, just for a bit of a laugh. So this is just a bit of it's not meant to be serious. Don't write it and go. Well, it was fucking shit. I know it's shit. <laughs> I made it that way. <laughs> right. So this is more. I haven't even got a fucking name for it. That's how shit it is. It's just called Southern Soul Final Edit. <laughs> right. It's a good so song. This is this is that. Scott, pop, 
Brad Austin's fucked off. Do you want to say anything about that before I put Wayne's on? Oh, mate, that's fucking filth, that was. You want to back me with more songs? That was pure filth, that was. And everything. <laughs> yeah, that, that's filth, but yours is schmutt. There's something about the... I don't... I don't yeah. Um, Mike, did, did, was it, was it, how was that for you? Was that, did that demonstrate the genre okay for you? I mean, yeah, it was It was a bit... Um, you know, sex pest is the phrase that comes to mind. <laughs> Not the first time I've been called that. Sex pest, uh, sexual predator. Um, get, get the fuck out of my bedroom. How did you get in here? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, I like the bit right at the beginning. I thought your voice was beautiful when you sounded like that young lady. I thought that was very good. <laughs> and then it all went south. Yeah, then, oh. then it went a bit. Obviously, grabbed you too hard or something, but yeah, it's good. It's, it's, it's a good representation of the genre, as far as I'm I did. I did enjoy the uh, yeah, the high bits and the James Browny bits. So that was they were brilliant. <laughs> it was very James Brown. Yeah, that's cool. Very good. I'm excited to hear Wayne's. This is like a mini head-to-head on its own now. Yeah, Mark. Uh, do you have anything to add? Yeah, now I know why they call it scat. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, you know, on the positive side, I, I, I mean, there were moments where I was like, ah, was, I forgot it was not Ray Charles. <laughs> I was like, ah, I love this Ray Charles. Oh, that's not Ray Charles. Damn, he's good. <laughs> right, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna load up Wayne's now. Oh, Wayne, Wayne, really. But wait, I bet you've got you've got a name for yours, Wayne. Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. of course you have. Because I always like to, I always like to give you a name. Because a bit of context of this, I did write this in two halves. Uh, one half before we went to a music festival, and then the second half in a bloody rush because I totally forgot about it, and then went, "Oh shit, Richard needs this." So uh, I sent it over. Some of the bits in this are really rough and demo-y. They shouldn't be in there at all. I don't think uh, some of the piano playing is. Oh my god. Oh. It's horrendous. That's the only thing I've got to say. Anyway. Oh, meet me at the Riverside, isn't it? That's it. Meet me at the Riverside. Meet me at the Riverside by Wayne Saunders. Hold on, this is three minutes fucking long. <laughs> You're going to singing over it, won't it? <laughs>
keeps farting through this thing. <laughs> you definitely need lyrics, don't you? That's some better piano playing. Fucking hell, Wayne. The Yamaha. So I, I outsmutted you this week. <laughs> Bear in mind, it was meant to be a lyric song for you to have a go yes, at. Yes, I know. know. I know. I've, I'd started doing the music, so I wasn't sure if I was going to get yours in time. And then when I did get yours, I'd already done the music, and uh, I'd already started working out some lyrics for it. So I thought, fuck, I might as well carry on with it. Yeah, usually I'm supposed to. Put some, I, yeah, I could have easily done something similar to what I did with mine over the top of that. I think. Never mind. Next time. Uh, we need to choose a genre for next time. Actually, what did you think of that, then, Mike? Um, so I, I, I would, I would be. What was the title of that song? Uh, meet me at the riverside. Meet me at the riverside. I would be tempted to retitle that um, something like "Still Better Than Last Week's Wildcard." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, mate. Musically very good. I, I, I don't know. Um, I think I, I don't know if it was sort of appear on the recording but I think Richie said halfway through you need to tune your keyboard a little bit I think that's that's probably fair enough no, um, I, did, but... I did say it was uh, to be honest with you <laughs> I, put, I put the the piano down uh, the piano track down and that was and my rough draft over it on the way to the bathroom that's, that's exactly what I <laughs> yeah. did I sort of no, I, I've done that before you put it on the floor and you go oh I really need a pee and then you sort of walk over it it's still recording and you go I'll just leave that in um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's the exact opposite. I didn't walk over it. I put it in and forgot about it. Went away for a day or two and then came back and went, oh, I've got to put the guitar on and then never thought about it and that was it. And just, was, it was it one of those, it's like, I've been to a festival, my hands no I'm longer not, work. I'm not going to lie, that'd be the excuse I'd use as well. In fact, in fact that's, that's exactly what happened with my music. I just completely forgot I did it and there it is. I'm being unnecessarily harsh because because I know you and I feel like I could push boundaries. But no, it was it was actually very with lyrics. I think it'd be a good tune, um, and you know a little bit of tying up. But um, yeah, very good, very good representation of the genre. I thought if I send it over, we need a bit crap. Rich can hide it with his lyrics, so it won't matter. And then he fucked me over, didn't he? So yeah, sorry mate, sorry. Won't happen again. Won't happen again. Mike, one of these days in the near future, I'm going to fucking throw this task over to you and fucking Doctor Bones. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> if we get a de- if we get a decent rock genre, if we get a decent rock genre, we'll throw it over to Mike Five and Doctor Bones. I reckon he'd be up for it. I'm in. Yes, boy H H Y H H D M P C versus uh, versus New Music Saturday. Oh, I love it, Rich. I love it. <laughs> Right. right. Yeah. Okay. So that was this week's. I mean, uh, do you do you want to add anything, Mark? Yeah, I thought the arrangement was great. You know, it's just one of these things where it's like, all right, take that arrangement, polish it up a bit. Guitar was really good too. I thought the guitar and even the um, like the, the organ sound in the background. I, I liked how that was uh, just kind of it, it. It fit that Muscle Shoals, uh, almost like a Booker T and the MGs kind of feel. I fucking love you, Mark. I do. I fucking love you. <laughs> why, does no, why, is no, why did nobody mention my music? Nobody fuck also about my music. I, well, you just pressed a couple I, of buttons. No, I didn't, Wayne. No, I didn't. I had to run a lot of tracks for that. I, I think Cunty I bollocks. Very, <laughs> I think I said it was very sexually aggressive, and I enjoyed it. I think that's fair enough. <laughs> Sexually aggressive. Right, okay then. Right. And I think bound up in my comment about Ray Charles was that the the keyboard playing, assuming you did any, was uh, was also stellar. There you go. Moving on. (laughs) Wayne, you got the Bible. It's in my hand. Okay then. Uh, Mark, do you want to choose a letter from one to ten? Letter from one to ten. A to Z. Uh, Q. That's, a, that's how oh. you say. That's how you say Z in America, isn't it? Z. It is. It is. is it Z. And we say zebra. Yeah, because you, you oh. don't know how to say it properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we are we're savages. <laughs> <laughs> right. There are seven, but two of them have been already done. So it's only five. So uh, choose between one to five. Oh, me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should have made that clear, shouldn't we? Three. Oh, yeah. Three. Uh, wow. Fucking hell. <laughs> they, choose, they, they, they always choose an obscure letter on purpose because they know they're going to fuck us right up. Uh, <laughs> I'm really struggling with this one, I'll tell you, Rich. Uh, what, we've pronouncing done, it? Just, just, well, just, just FYI, so uh, the genre we've, we've done in this one, we've done Cassidar, and we've done Quiet Storm. We've done both of those. Uh, we've covered those in other podcasts. Did um, I make any music? Did we Did we make the music for those? No, nah, this is previous episodes, this is. So... You did for Quiet Storm, didn't you? That didn't I classic. do Quiet Storm? I'm pretty sure I did Quiet Storm. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, Maybe. So. Um, Kowali is called... Q-A-W-W-A-L-I. Uh, so it is Sufi, Sufi religious music updated for mainstream audiences was originated in India. So okay, that's what I we're mean, doing on the next I'm one. I'm going to need some more information on that. I'll, I'll send you a playlist. I'm sure there's a playlist. <laughs> I'm looking forward to I this. Can, I can just see myself having to splash in the bath again or something. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's devotional Sufi Islamic singing. Yeah. Oh, no, no, we're going to get... In loads of trouble for this one. Yeah, this this sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> Should we change it? Should we change it? Yeah, let's let's do this over. Uh, I, I, about, okay, I, I picked the letter R. Go for it. We'll get cancelled otherwise. Right, yeah. shitloads, shitloads of ours. Two pages. So page one or page two, Mark? Page two. Page two, and there's probably about. 30, I'm guessing. So between 1 and 30. 
Okay, uh, 14. Oh, Christ. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, it just says racist music. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, it's called Rembatiko. Uh, it's a Greek musical genre. Uh, Rembatiko, oh, occasionally translated as, okay, is a term used today uh, to designate originally desperate uh, desperate kinds of urban Greek music which have come to be grouped together since uh, the so-called uh, Re- Rebetika revival which started in the 60s so some sort of Greek music right I'll just smash a load of plates to a beat <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be interesting Wayne it is so the, the, when you look it up there's a film called Rembatico and then and then the yeah. genre takes up the M for some reason I'm actually going to do it this week because I've stopped doing it every week but I'm going to do it this week I'm going to put on Twitter are there any independent Rembatica <laughs> artists out there that would like to submit their oh, music? I wonder if... Uh, remember Alex Sid? Our friend Alex Sid? Oh, I do see a lot of it, actually. I think, I think... Is he from the Mediterranean? Yeah, he's from Greece. There you go. I reckon uh, he might have something in that style. He, de- he definitely plays a bazooka. A bazooka? Bazooki. He doesn't. He plays the Bangla... Uh, Bangla... Bang, 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 oh, what's it called? That one. Uh, yeah. Where's Austin when you need him, eh? <laughs> He's fucked up. Baglama, he plays the Baglama. Baglama. Oh, it was a beamer. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Rembatika. Uh, right, moving on to our next section, which is the history section. Hello everybody, welcome back to History Corner, episode 10. I've done this 10 times, that's amazing to me that it's, it's gone that far. Uh, on this episode, we're, this, this, this part is called The Entertainer, and because it is The Entertainer by Scott Joplin from 1902. A few bits about him, so uh, this was sold as sheet music in 1910 and sold on uh, piano rolls for piano player pianos you know those bloody pianos that play themselves the, fir- the first recording of this is by uh, the Blue Boys in 1928 and then it sort of disappeared for 50 years until it was used as a theme music to the 1973 film The Sting and it reached number 3 in the Billboard pop chart uh, Joplin was known as the king of ragtime, uh, ragtime being a syn- syncopated ragged rhythm. Um, had to look up syncopated, by the way, which is a variety of rhythms playing together to make up a piece of music. Uh, Joplin died in 1917 after writing over 100 original ragtime pieces, and he died at the age of 48. He also wrote the Maple Leaf Rag, which I promise you, you'll know. It's a very popular piece of music, and it was a hit within his lifetime. And then after his uh, sudden, after his death, there was a massive demise in ragtime because obviously he was the only guy writing it. He also composed an opera called The Ragtime Dance, A Guest of Honour. Um, the latter fell on its arse and the score was never pub- published for this, this opera and is now lost. You will never hear The Ragtime Dance, uh, A Guest of Honour because it is lost to the history books. He was basically shunned by his contemporaries in America. Um, nobody wanted to deal with him. And he died, unfortunately, of um, 
syphilitic dementia, uh, which was massively prevalent for some reason in the early uh, 20th century. Interesting guy, as all these people are. There's far more than about him than I could ever tell you, than this little section could ever handle, to be honest. Just go and have a look up uh, Scott, uh, Scott Joplin, because he's a very interesting fella. And we'll play his song now, The Entertainer.
had more false endings than than Lord of the Rings. It just kind of <laughs> there was uh, like more, yeah. every time it was like ah good it's out ah crap there's more Jesus <laughs> oh there's more and it's the same. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was uh, the entertainer voice, Scott Joplin, and I like I, I like this section a lot. This is the section Rich thrown at me, and I like this. And start finding out stuff like this. I like the fact that you'll never you'll never find his ballet stroke um, opera. You'll never find it. It's gone. It is resigned to the history books, and it's not even there. It's something that is passed out of time and mind. I love that. It's just you know, it's one of those things. Uh, Richie. I mean, it's, uh, it just reminds me of that snooker program. I can't remember what it was. Um, Big break. There you go. I think I think this was the theme tune, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was a variation. <laughs> yeah. It's similar. Yeah, yeah, it was similar. The ragtime man. Hi, I'm Pedro. I will be your YHHT MPC corrections genie. I may jump in from time to time to correct the fuck-ups of these cons. Take this fuck-up, for instance. Big break was nothing like ragtime piano. It was more of an English folk song. <laughs> It's only a game, so put up a real good fight. I'm gonna be snickering you tonight. I'm playing for my aim, so you better believe I'm right. I'm gonna be snickering you, snickering you tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Davidson. What was the potluck one? Pot Remember look. potluck from the 80s? It don't matter. Hi, Pedro again. Actually, Richie was onto something here. The TV series he was thinking of was actually Pot Black. Pot Black was a snooker tournament in the United Kingdom broadcast on the BBC, and the theme tune was, in fact, Black and White Rag, which is a 1908 ragtime composition by George Botsford, and goes a little something like this. Um, yeah, it's it's a cl- it's a classic piece of music. It's uh, it stood the test of time. When did you say it was written? Uh, Nineteen ten. It was released. Wait, so so it's, th- that was the actual recording. Uh, that was the that was the sheet music, and the the roles for the player pianos. So that's you know that's why when you watch old westerns, the, you, you'll like probably that. be able to find the actual recording on a wax cylinder somewhere, surely. Uh, probably. I mean, I won't be able to find it, obviously, but I'm sure it's about somewhere. I, I didn't read anything, but it's probably like in, in the Smithsonian Museum or something like that. I'll guarantee there is something somewhere, yeah. You know when, when they say, oh, it was in the, the Billboard top, whatever, in, the, say, 1910, 
Well, obviously, people weren't going out and buying vinyls then. Were they going down to the local shop and buying, buying some wax cylinders? What, how, how did that work? You weren't listening. The billboard, the billboard chart didn't start till like 1952. Oh, there you, you go. You could buy records. Um, he was in the billboard chart because it was released as a theme tune to a film, which was The Sting from 1973. It was lost gotcha. till then. No, nobody really remembers it. Obviously, we remember it. Because we're, you know, of we were born after 1973, so it was back in the public consciousness. But for those like 50 plus years, it was gone. It was missing. It was sort of like you know, people who knew it, knew it, sort of things. It wasn't. So the... somebody found that wax cylinder, cylinder then, or the exactly. sheet music. Yes, yes, Mike. So, first of all, I love this. Um, I love the, the. I'm always fascinated by piano pieces where the the left hand and the right hand are so different and it's not complex or complicated in any way it fucking is I watched it earlier I was, I was going to try and pl- play it I mean, I and it is really it complicated I can't play the piano but it is obviously for, for, yeah in that sense it is but uh, the left hand bear in mind that's 1910 that's rock and roll right there that's you know that's got that boom 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 it's got all that yeah. going on and the little passing you know half notes and all the rest of it that's rock and roll right there no matter you know forget Bill Haley and everything else that is rock and roll and that's where it all comes from um, I once went down a, a bit of a rabbit hole Wikipedia uh, rabbit hole and, and came across this guy um, and I seem to remember this is the guy that also once was a mandolin teacher which I also really love the idea of <laughs> yeah there's, there's lots and lots about Scott Joplin that I, I just like it was I could have done a whole series like a whole episode on him because yeah. it's like everything about him is there's something you know there's a history to this guy before he even gets to the ragtime and, and, and inventing ragtime for all intents and purposes so yeah it's one of those go, go research him he's an interesting fella yeah absolutely amazing I can only remember that but I'm sure there's lots of other interesting things um, but yeah very very cool um, and it's, it's interesting to me that you know that's a song that people are familiar with now and play now but for what's that 60 years you reckon it was basically lost yeah um, the other thing that's interesting to me is it came out on a piano roll um, and i went sw- i once well there i could have dare start that again i once went on a, a sort of online lecture series about the history of music and um all the history of recording music and it talks about um how everyone always says the music industry is dead so the one of the first times that happened because all the well, the, the major record labels now obviously don't do things like produce sheet music, but that's what being a record label was uh, back in the 1880s. Um, and by sort of 1900, when the, the um, whatever the piano is called, the plays itself came out, everyone went, oh, the music industry's dead. They can't print sheet music anymore. No one will buy it because the piano plays it for you. And what's really interesting is sales of sheet music went up after the piano roll uh, came out because everyone went, oh, that's cool. I want to learn how to play that. And it's kind of... That has continued throughout history, um, which again, I'm, you know, slightly side topic to this, but no, it's, that's interesting. Then, what, yeah, um, I like it. because you know, think about radio when radio came out, everyone, the music industry's dead, no one's going to buy the record, they can hear it for free, and single sales went up and went through the roof because everyone could hear it and went, I want to own that. Um, and it kind of happens all the time uh, as you go through kind of music history. Um, everyone, you know, bought everything they had on record on CD because they wanted the new format. Um, you know, when obviously with streaming, everyone uh, everyone kind of goes, oh, it's, you know, music industry's dead because you can get it all for free, and yet these companies make millions out of people paying for their subscription because they want to just consume and consume and consume. So music is infinitely consumable. Um, but this is a great... Uh 
and for me really interesting song because it is one that you know if you try and learn the piano you'll come across it everyone's kind of familiar with it when you really listen to it and dig into it uh, in the context of, of this segment you know the sort of history context it's really really interesting so i was fascinated by it and i thought it was brilliant yeah, you can you can make that shorter in the edit if you want that was quite a bit of a <laughs> rant, but, but i enjoyed it very much is the upshot and uh, thanks for bringing it to the show brilliant mark yeah i i recall there was a time uh, my buddy tim simmons and i were playing and we were doing this uh it was at a quaker meeting house and we're doing this like improv music and there's this 90-year-old lady in the background. She just kept screaming, play some Scott Joplin! Play some Scott Joplin! <laughs> and we're just like, yeah, we don't we don't know. And play some Scott Joplin! And we were just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then afterward, it was it was the uh, Quaker meeting house that Tim used to go to. And I was like, who was that lady in the back? And he's just like, oh, she always comes. I was like, well, what's her name? Her name was Ann Schuster. So it's like she had the same last name I had. And he's like, Whoa. do you know her? I was like, I do not know that woman. <laughs> <laughs> was there another guy at the back going, play free word? Yeah, 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 just later. <laughs> I think that ties that uh, section up nicely then. Right there. Yes, very good, very good. Enjoy. I, I thoroughly enjoy this section. Thank you, Wayne, for that. Um, yeah, we learned something new. As Mike said, this is probably the most I learn all year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what what do you have in in store for us next time, Wayne? Uh, but just before going to that, uh, I will say if anybody wants to make me go and research a song from history, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, email us info at uh, yhhptmpc.com and just tell us what you want us to have a look at because I've got loads of ideas what to go for but I wouldn't mind doing something and you guys as well if you've got something you've got any ideas uh, Mark any, any, uh, anything interesting for, from the past that you think might be worth uh, bringing to the podcast no <laughs> <laughs> no I do not Okay, fair enough. But yeah, hit us up, hit us up and let, let us know. Uh, on the next episode, on episode 11, uh, the title of the history section is One It Wonders Mean A Lot. What's your favourite one hit wonder, Wayne? Oh, see, straight away. You know what it is? Because I've got nostalgia for it, because I was like eight years old or seven years old and had no taste in music. Glenn Medeiros is, nothing's going to change my love for you. He's now a, he's now a high school principal. <laughs> He's <laughs> one, one hit. That was it. Nothing's going to change my love for you. Listen to it. It's terrible cheesy pop. Richie, have you got a favourite one hit wonder? I do, but I can't think for the life of me what the uh, the artist was called. It was an 80s song. Give, um, give us a rendition. Come on. I can't. Do you know what? I can't even think of the fucking song. When it comes on, I think oh, I fucking love that song so much, but I can't, I can't think right now because I'm, I'm on the spot. Classic uh, one hit wonder. Uh, Mark I'm the same way I can never think of anything on the spot I'm surprised no one said Babylon Z Spaceman but okay not not many people fucking like that but I really liked it I love that tune (laughs) that's got to be the best one right moving on to the next section which is the artist and final section the artist spotlight Right, we've decided to keep this this section a little shorter than usual because we've found through the stats that this is where people tend to drop off because we, we drag it out, we drag it out too long. So, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. You've been an absolute pleasure to have on the show. Thank you. 
Ah, oh, thank you. So, uh, for, for our listeners who don't know you, who is Mark Shuster and what is it you do? Oh, gosh, I do a lot of stuff. I have ADD, so I'm just always doing something different. Uh, but most recently, I wrote a children's book called Frankie Lumlet's Janky Drum Kit about a little boy who builds a drum kit out of odds and ends he finds in the recycling bin. And lately I've been working with a, a fellow American guy by the name of Brian Lambert. And we've started a band called the Star Crumbles. And it's kind of uh, has a bit of an 80s new wave vibe, a little bit of cure, a little bit of echo in the bunny men, that kind of, uh, that kind of sound. Can I just say... Actually, Mike, you know Mark better amazing. than me. You can take the section away from me if you like. Oh, no, no, I wasn't going to take it. I was just going to say the book no, I'd is rather amazing. you did. Because I've seen... <laughs> well, I can. <laughs> I've, I've, heard, I've heard the book. I've read the book and it's brilliant. And it was completely um, just amazing to, to ah, see thank you. the creativity. I absolutely adored it. And I probably told you as much um, when you sent it to me. But yeah, I, I love that. Um I haven't come prepared to interview someone. It's okay. I, 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 I'm never prepared. You don't have to if you don't want to. I was just thinking maybe you could turn the tables because uh, he interviewed you not too long back, didn't he? That's true. You know, you did a brilliant interview because it was well-researched. So, ironically, uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you some questions that aren't very well-researched. But um, I, before I do that, I am interested in your blog because it is brilliant. All of the, the things that come out every week or so, um, usually on a Monday, isn't it? Are, are really interesting because you do kind of look up the artist or the person uh, and kind of you know make an effort to find out a bit about them and ask really cool questions. So I'm curious where, um, what, you know, how did you start doing that? Where did that come from? I, I, I mean, I've been doing interviews with people for ages. Um, in the '90s, I was the editor of a um, a local entertainment magazine, and I used to interview people for that. Uh, then I went to grad school, got into academia and whatnot, but I always kept uh, a hand in being involved with either, to some extent, print journalism or radio. I had a, a radio interview show for a little while uh, out of the community college where I work. And I just, I've just always really enjoyed asking people the questions I want to ask them. You know, so with this blog, it's just always been, oh, wow, that, that, that's a cool song. I like what they're doing. And usually my questions are the big why and how questions. You know, why why are you doing this? And the question I always ask is, why are you why are you doing what I do? Which is why do you keep making independent music? Because part of it to me is I want to know why I do it. Because ninety percent of the time I couldn't even answer that question, why I, I keep making music. It's almost like just this compulsion that I have. So you're not my next question, is any? Why? Why? Yes. <laughs> Come I, on I I am the most, I am incredibly antsy. I mean, I just, I can't sit still. I mean, I, even though I'm an English teacher and I value the idea of reading and the value, I value books, I've written books, I can't sit still and just sit and read a book. My wife can do that. She'll be, ah, oh, let's sit down and read for a while. And, you know, five minutes in, she's deep into the book. I'm like, ah, oh, all right, I got to go and make a thing or do a thing or walk the dog. I have to just keep moving. And so for me, it's just if I if I don't have that to fill the time, if I'm not drawing, if I'm not writing something down, if I'm not recording music, if I'm not 
interviewing someone, if I'm not just actively engaged in making something, I just get incredibly restless and don't know what to do. Nice. You you almost did because you have to. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a compulsion. I love that the compulsion is turned into creativity, though, because it could go so many ways, right? Oh God, yeah, yeah. It could, it could, it could get dark. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows where it could go? Um, okay, so I have um, in front of me a random list of questions. There are forty-one of them, and I'm going to ask you three, and I'm going to ask you to pick a number between one and forty-one, and we'll see what we learn about you through. For the somebody process. who's not very prepared, fuck me, Mike. Well, I had to Google this while he was talking because you told me I could take over the interviews. <laughs> you said, you know, it's about creativity. Uh, so you got to pick a number between one and forty-one. Uh, twelve. Number twelve. Uh, if you had to get a, these, aren't necessarily good questions. I should just caveat because <laughs> you know, if you had to get a tattoo today, and I realise it's a bit late in the day and it's a Sunday, but if you had to get a tattoo today, what would you get? Uh, my dog Gordon. His name or picture? Uh, it would be his name. It would be no, no, no. It would be his picture. I got those two confused. Name what would picture. Gordon no. be doing in the picture? Uh, he would be. He'd be sitting. I have the picture. I know exactly what the picture would look like because I drew it. And it's uh, yeah. It's I haven't thought about it as a tattoo, but like to me, it's like I just had some stickers made, and I would just take that to the tattoo artist and say, "See the sticker? Put this on my arm." So in a cruel twist to today's show, Richie has actually agreed to front the money for you to go and take that sticker <laughs> <laughs> to a tattoo artist uh, and take a picture. But you have to put um, the name it's of the gonna podcast. It's going to be a really cheap it. and shitty tattoo. It's a prison <laughs> tattoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Right, um, let's pick another number between 1 and 41. Uh, eight. Number eight... Um, Actually, number eight's a rubbish question. Pick another number. Sixteen. <laughs> number sixteen. Um, okay. What is the silliest you've ever felt? <laughs> that's not even, that doesn't even make sense. What is the silliest? <laughs> I don't know if I should say what or when or how or... Um, let's, let's rephrase uh, that. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, I got I got it. <laughs> I, this may not be the silliest, but there was one time... I don't even know where we were. We were going somewhere, my wife and I. And uh, we're with her parents, and um, we're on a, a subway or something like a train. And uh, for whatever reason, we just started singing the most obscure Depeche Mode song. It was like, uh, what's that sound like? Here is the house where it all happens. Uh, and she and I just start singing that on the subway for, for no reason. And her parents just turn and look at us like, oh, my God. And looking at me particularly, you know, just kind of like, oh, Jesus, like, what? (laughs) Who is this guy our daughter's marrying? You know, so that was, I mean, 22 years ago. Uh, But it was, yeah, married a while. Um, But yeah, I think that was a nice little, little silly, unguarded moment. I like that. That's good. I'm glad I asked that question. I feel like our listeners know a lot more about you just through that. I, I'm glad you did. I'm glad I picked number 16. Um, yeah, and not number 8. Uh, so, next number between 1 and 41, and we'll do this as the last. 27. 27. Um, mm, 27's also shit. I'll ask you it, but it's not a great question. It says, what would your dream house look like? Now... <laughs> Four walls and a roof. Can I, can, I change, can I change that question? What would your dream band be if you could take any artist from any band? So you've got a drummer, your bass guitarist, your guitarist and frontman. Who would you choose for your perfect band? That's a great Ooh. question. Ooh, wow. 
Um, ha, all right. Uh, I might put, I think I'd put Dave Gahan up front because I think he knows how to, he knows how to put on a show. I'd put on lead guitar, Johnny Marr. And um, yeah, although I will take a side note and say one of the best shows I have ever seen, possibly the best show I've ever seen was Pet Shop Boys. Uh, but that was just a lot of the the staging of the show, just just. Yeah, I can imagine. There's a lot of light and. Uh, yeah. Lights yeah. and stuff. So the lighting designer for this band is is the guy that well, guy yes. that put that show on. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I'm thinking maybe uh, Dave Grohl for drums and bass. Just weirdly tempted to say Sid Vicious to fuck it all up. Oh <laughs> wow. Okay, so you've got Johnny Marr on guitar doing his kind of, you know, mod thing um, with Dave Grohl kind of, you know, with that respectfully but competing with it a little bit because he's Dave Grohl and he's got an ego. That is a Uh, band that would last one week. Yeah, Yeah. and then you've got the guy from Depeche Mode singing across that uh, and then Sid Vicious presumably like slashing himself and pissing on the stage or whatever. Yeah, not actually playing. Yeah, they'll unplug his bass after, you know... Oh yeah, I mean the, the guy can't hit a note in yeah, you know, yeah, no yeah. chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't have even tuned it before he got on stage. But the attitude is there, and as we discovered earlier, it helps put places on the map. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Finally, Wellington will be on the map. <laughs> Wellington will be on the map. What about keyboard player? Are you gonna have a keyboard player in your band? Ooh, oh my goodness! It'll be oh god, um, uh, Steve Naive of the Attractions. Of the attractions. Okay, cool. That's, <laughs> that's taking a turn. All right, interesting. Very good. Um, okay, so my next question is, uh, can you name a colour? What? <laughs> no, I cannot. Oh, green. Okay. Green. Green. I'll, I'll no, name I'm, green. I'm sorry, the answer was purple, so you don't have a prize this week. Oh. <laughs> I'd like to hand over to Wayne and see if he would like to learn anything more about you. Um, mainly about the blogs, Mike. Uh, um, not Mike, Mark. Sorry. Yeah, because uh, I was, I've, I've had a foray into into blog writing as well. What, what convinced you to go? I oh, know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna write all this shit down. What was it? Just I, one day you woke up and thought, you know what? I've got shit I want to say. I was doing blogs for, I mean, forever. I used to do. So before I got really, really into music, I was really, really into writing. And I did, and I was just like with music, I was into, for writing, it was the independent writing, like indie book scene. And so I had a blog called Small Press Reviews. And that was going, I started that in 2007. And I was just doing that for a while. It was like writing a book review every week. And that's insane. You know, that's just kind of like reading a a novel every week and then reviewing it. It was... uh, That's a rich level of insanity, that is. Yeah, it it drove me a little batty. For a man that admitted earlier he can't sit down and read something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's actually very impressive. There are some plot holes in my life, but yeah. um, So yeah, and but that that also drove me a little batty. And uh, so I, I eventually stopped doing that. But when I got back... When I got into music, I was just kind of like, oh, you know, it was always cool. Uh, I, I liked being part of that community, you know, that whole set of, you know, oh, these are these are people who are, you know, making music. But I didn't want to, I don't want to review music because I I just feel a lot of the times it just feels like the reviewer comes in and says, ah, this is why it's good or this is why it sucks and what, and it's all and it's really really 
the more I think about it, and having just done the album writing club um, album competition, how subjective that is. I mean, yeah. just picking picking my top three for that was torture because it was man, I love you know these all have some something great about them. So rather than write reviews, I just figured, well, wait a second, why not just ask the musicians themselves, what do you like? You know, what what why do you why do you do what you do? All that kind of stuff, and just talk to them because I just feel like who who better than to explain stuff beyond just the you know earlier we were joking about what a press release sounds like. I mean, after a while, they all start to sound the same. With oh, they debuted this and they released this and they couldn't wait to get this and they're really looking release, forward to that. Release, release, you know, release, and yeah. <laughs> and when you come up with some some questions that go beyond the press release, you you kind of get to really start knowing who who the artists are and i also miss and i regret that i wasn't around for kind of the the heyday of weekly music mags you know just zines and stuff Mm. like that Mm. um and now i i just kind of in my head suppose that blogs to some extent are are picking up some of that slack and covering bands that those zines used to cover so so musically what instrument do you play I play a bunch of stuff. My main music, my main instrument is guitar, but I'll play bass, I'll play keyboards. I bought a drum set a year ago and so have been working on that as well. So I just, uh, but that's, that was one of my lifelong ambitions was to own a drum set. And then I, I drove out to like some sketchy part of town and uh, it was actually on the edge of town and this guy had this, the drum set, it was set up on his lawn, kind of like, um, <laughs> Did you ever, ever see those like Roadrunner cartoons where Wiley e. Coyote sets up a trap? It looked just like that. And I was just like, gosh, this is not going to end well. And no one's around. And in my head, I'm like, I could, I, I could load up the, the drums in my, in my car. But then this is America. So the guy would probably shoot me. <laughs> and, it's funny because uh, it's true. <laughs> it is. It is. And so then I'm just like, oh, God. I knew if you're at school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> Fucking hell, Mark. You're dark this episode. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. And then, uh, but then I hear this. There's this little <laughs> damp, dank outside little stairway, the stone stairway, and it goes down into this cellar. And I just hear this grinding sound, and it's like, Fuck and I'm just like, I just got back in the car and fucked off. I I really wanted the drum set though, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I go down the steps, and this guy, and he's sharpening knives, and it's just like sparks oh. coming he's off. He's got a this mask thing. on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He doesn't have a mask, up, but he he he's he looks up. He goes, "I told you to call me." I was like, "God, oh, Jesus, sorry, I I didn't get the text. I'm bad with technology." He's like, "Ah, the drums are up there." It's like, "Yeah," and uh, and then there's this box by the gate. He goes, "Ah, good, my AR-15 bullets arrived." I was like, "Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, he is gonna shoot me." And so I'm just loading all like throwing all this stuff in my car. Just like, okay, thanks, thanks. And he keeps throwing more drums at me, and he's just like, "Oh, wait, wait, I got another bass drum." I was like, "I don't think it'll fit." He's like, "It'll fit." So I was just, I, okay, sir. I'll take your other bass drum. So that was uh, that's how I got that's how I got my first drum set. I got a bit lost in the middle of that. Was that a Netflix show? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the new Netflix horror. That's that's, that's 
That's the latest series of Stranger Things. Jesus, yeah, yeah. wow. <laughs> so, you know, when you're in the basement, did you have a look around? Because, like, was like some sort of pagan or virgin in the corner? You... <laughs> I, I did have a look around. Uh, there are plenty of uh, grow lights and uh, just, like, a lot of weed hanging from the ceiling, just drying. Uh, so I'm guessing that's where He's he made his fortune. probably a botanist or something. Oh, He's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. a botanist, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, oh, did you review this movie on your other podcast? Oh, fuck, <laughs> fucking hell, yeah, the, yeah, the lodge, yeah, Jesus. I don't remember the drum kit, though. There was, there was a pull table. That was outtakes, yeah. <laughs> this rings a bell, definitely. <laughs> Joe, if our followers and our listeners want to find out more about you, where can they go? Uh, okay, I have a few things. MarkSchuster.com, M-A-R-C-S-C-H-U-S-T-E-R.com. Uh, my blog is... Uh, something if you just look up abominations blog or, or you, obviously they can follow it uh, on your site and uh, there's also the the starcrumbles.com that's my my new venture uh, so that was that was a cue earlier when you mentioned that to ask you about the star crumbles and um, instead I asked you whatever the fuck that was um, so do you want to tell us about the uh, do you want to tell us briefly about the star crumbles because it's a cool name but that's all we know so yeah tell us yeah all about so it. it's uh so Brian Lambert, he's a cool guy. I met him on Twitter. Oh, Brian, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he lives down in Denton, Texas. And so he and I just started going back and forth, and and what we had in common was an interest in just uh, production tips, you know, just kind of like, how do you get this sound? How do you get your kick drum to sound as, you know, punchy as it can, stuff like that. And then uh, one day I just, he and I had worked on, he was doing this thing, it was the 52-week song challenge. And every week he was putting out another song. And so by the time he got to the end of that, I was like, okay, maybe he has some free time. Here's a piece of music. I sent that to him. And uh, next day he had this song, you know, on top of it. And so he kind of, I guess you would call it writing the top line of the song. And so then uh, we were just like, hey, this sounds really good. And his wife was like, yeah, you know, this is the best thing you've done. And it was just kind of like, oh, thanks. Hey, after those, uh, after... Writing a song a week for 52 weeks, now I've written the best song. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I like the fact that you finished that and you went, oh, he's probably got some free time. He's probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet he's not busy. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we started, uh, and then we were just like, hey, let's just keep doing this. So now we, we have a bunch of, we have a bunch of tracks. So that first track we put out, it was called Desperately Wanting. And we put that out under Brian's name featuring me. So it was Brian Lambert featuring Mark Schuster. But now we decided... Uh, let's put a name on this so that it's easier so that we can just tell people it's this band. So the Star Crumbles is actually an anagram of our last names. So you take Lambert, you take Schuster, you're, you mix them around and you get the Star Crumbles. And Desperately Wanting is the song we're going to play out with now. Do you want to just tell us a bit about the song? Yeah, uh, once again, it was one of these songs where I just had uh, a bun- an instrumental and in my head I was like... I. I was struggling with writing lyrics for it, and honestly, I've, I've recorded a bunch of my own music, and and I've never loved the sound of my voice. So I was really just glad when I said oh, to Brian, "Hey, like want to try this?" Uh, I was I was actually just fishing for sympathy there. That's where <laughs> that's where people can jump in. No, oh, no, your voice. We love your voice. But um, Brian comes on and just just added to it. So uh, the song is, I, I think, interesting fact about this one. The snare drum you hear on it is me playing the snare drum just with my hand. I'm just hitting the snare drum with two hands and uh, just just getting a, a beat. And I think the snare 
is the only drum song on there, sound on there at all. I don't even think there's a kick or anything. I think it's just the snare drum. That does sound like somebody who's learning the drums. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I have to ask why. Like There must be a, a, a logical reason we went, actually, it's better with just my hand. Uh, I'm I mean, lazy. I mean, uh, the, the, the real answer <laughs> is I'm lazy. And, uh, I'm not yeah, going to lie, I've been playing the drums for nearly 30 years and I've never once thought using my hand is much easier than using a stick. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I'll, let me explain how lazy I am. It's If I'm sitting uh, by my laptop and the snare drum is right next to me and my, my drum kit is in a different room and the sticks are in the different room with the drum kit, it's like I, <laughs> I could... I could stand up and walk 10 feet and get my drumsticks. That, oh, that sounds like a huge pain in the ass. You know what? I'm just going to hit record and, and play with my hands. Wow. So that that is how lazy the person you are talking to is, right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm impressed you made it here, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, yeah, Mark, once again, thank you so much for joining us and taking time out and uh, being very patient with us. Oh, it's absolutely. It's been an absolutely brilliant episode. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to have you back in the future when you release some more music and stuff. I would love that. Awesome. So yeah, we're going to play it with your song now, Desperately Wanting. Uh, to the listeners, please go over to www.yhhtmpc.com where you'll find everything. You'll find Mark Schuster and his blogs over there and links to him and his stuff. And you'll find lots and lots of stuff that we do from blogs to vlogs to podcasts and other such shit so yeah please go check that out please support us because this costs me a lot of fucking money every month and uh, I don't do it for the money but I would like to be able to cover my overheads and at the moment I'm not covering shit so if you want to go over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash yhhtmp and buy us a virtual coffee I will love you for fucking ever so yep I'm going to play with your song now Mark thanks again and until next time, I've been Richie. I've been Wayne. I've been Mike. And our guest has been... I have been Mark. And I have been the almighty Austin. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If indeed you still are, get fucked. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Fucking Austin. <What> <laughs>
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.